Hey guys, it's Jads here with another episode of Daily Journey with Christ. And today we're going to be diving in and continuing our reading through 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5, and 6. I will be reading from the NLT translation today, so if you have that version of your Bible, I do recommend you grabbing it. As usual, I will conclude today's episode off with a fact of the day that I have learned, or I think is something interesting that I believe you should know as well. One thing that has been on my mind and heart today is just the um, purpose and reasoning for being vulnerable and actually open is one thing I was listening is I was listening to uh, Mark Driscoll and he's a pastor that I sometimes listen to and watch his sermons online. And one thing he actually had brought attention to was things about the importance of God wanting us to be vulnerable. And I don't know about any of you, but sometimes being vulnerable with prayer is really hard. And sometimes I'm asked to pray aloud. And as much as I don't want to do it, it, I know that God wants me to pray aloud. And it's easy enough for me to just close my eyes and pray to myself. But it's a whole nother step to actually pray aloud and be vulnerable with those people around you. One thing that Pastor Mark Driscoll had actually mentioned as well is when it comes to relationships, is one of the most intimate things you can actually do with uh, your partner and um, your husband, your wife, just whoever you may be um, dating, is to be open and vulnerable with them. And to do that, you actually have to pray with one another. And I just want to share that with you. Um, That's just what's on my heart right now. So if you're in a relationship, you're going to be in a relationship. The one thing you want to make sure that you have is a strong foundation when it comes to your prayer life. And make sure that you have a prayer life of your own um, own prayer life. You have a prayer life with that partner. And have make sure you create a community that you can pray along with as well. Anyway, that's what I have to say about prayer. But let's dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God, and all we who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden from only people who are perishing. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness, He has made lights shine in our hearts so that we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We know that we now have the light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pleased on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also have been in our bodies. Yes, 
We live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us when Jesus and, pre- and Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles when we see you now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we will not, we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave our earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies, we will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies uh, that clothe us. Rather, we want to put up our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this and has a guarantee he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies for then we will come home with the Lord. So whether we are here in the body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each perceive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. We are commending ourselves to you again. No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is our benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we all have died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So, we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling reconciling people to him. 
For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kingdom and then ignore it. For God says, At just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us, and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are all well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache but we have always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. O oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner but with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? An unbeliever? And that union can there be a, between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And that is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5, and 6. I think what is really important for us to realize here is that God wants us to stand out from the rest of the world and show what his love and mercy actually is. And that doesn't necessarily mean us to go up to people and be like, this is God, this is what you need to do, but maybe by your actions. And because actions speak louder than words. And sometimes just the small things you do, people are going to question why you act a certain way, why you do this. And when those questions come, you're able to be like, because I believe in the creator God. And that's how you spread God's word is not by telling, but by showing. And 
if you first off by show your faith, eventually you'll be able to talk and speak about your faith as well. I've learned in my time of becoming a Christian. As many of you know, and I've mentioned before, is I did not grow up in the Christian faith. And the one thing for me that brought me to faith is the actions and just demeanor of Christians I had in my life growing up. And that's the one thing I want to share with the world is to realize that just because someone can preach and say the Bible word for word does not make them a true Christian. And in here, it does. It also tells you is don't team up with those who are unbelievers. And this works in relationships, friendships, um, romantic relationships, just those is you want to still involve people who are not Christians in your life because you want to open up God's word to them. But when it comes to your everyday life of those deep friendships is um, not the friendships, the relationships is you want to make sure that you have a godly relationship. And that goes back to what I was mentioning about um, praying with one another and being vulnerable and being vulnerable in God's kingdom with someone else is just a feeling that I pray that everyone gets to feel and be able to accomplish at some point in their life. And that's what I kind of have to say about that. And um, one thing here is, I'm just reading this last part here, and it says, I will live in them and walk among them. And I think that's really important for us to remember that in those times we might feel alone or realize or like as like, pardon for my stumbling, but I, I personally struggle with it when it comes to mental health. And my mental health is something that I've struggled with for the last couple years. And Christians and the community I've formed are what's helped me get to where I am today. And I've been through a fear journey and I've learned to address my stress and doing that and prioritizing reading God's word makes a huge difference. And this statement of I will live in them and walk among them it's so important for us to remember that we are not alone, no matter how you are feeling in this world. Anyway, that concludes everything I have to say about this message. As usual, I will conclude the episode off with a fun fact of the day that I have learned, and it is actually about snails. One thing is, coming from the East Kootenays, is I had never actually seen a snail until I moved to the Lower Mainland a couple years ago. And the first time I saw a snail, I was like, wow they're a lot different than I thought they were. I don't know what my brain was thinking when I first saw my first snail or what I thought a snail looked like, but it was not what I actually um, imagined. I thought they were going to be a lot bigger than they actually were. However, the one thing I learned um, during this time is that snails can actually hibernate up to three years. And some people will say, oh, a snail sleeps for three years, but they don't actually sleep. They're just in hibernation. But this actually depends on um, their environment because they need moisture to survive. So unless they have that constant moisture, they will not be able to hibernate for three years. Anyway, that is all I have to say today. But anyway, good night, everyone. And we will see you tomorrow when we dive into uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 8, and 9.